Kia ora and welcome to How to Save the World, a podcast designed to connect people with their power to make a positive, sustainable change in the world. Today you've got me, but no Waveney, and that's because we've got a special guest joining us from a council program here in Auckland called Live Lightly. Live Lightly have supported our podcast because they're all about helping people make a change so that we can all make an impact, and we're about that too. I'm lucky enough right now to be joined by Danielle Kennedy, who's a sustainability advocate and a very qualified environmental educator. Would you describe yourself that way, Danielle? Um, possibly not. I I don't know, imposter syndrome or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm very passionate about this. The evidence would suggest you are. 20 years in the sustainability sector, um, you've got a degree in environmental management and sociology and qualifications in adult teaching and youth work and public participation. That to me reads as a, a very qualified sustainability advocate. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to say it out loud. You can just sort of nod. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as I mentioned, we've got you here because um, you are, as I understand it, sort of part of this program um, that Auckland Council has uh, that has produced FutureFit, which is this incredible online tool like first of all i've got to say as a geek i've just got to compliment you guys on the web design itself because it is beautiful great it's a really well designed website it's really good glad you approve so first of all what is live lightly so live lightly came about uh in about 2017 so uh, council had done some research around um, what were the most material or the most significant, the things that would make a difference, um, actions that people could take uh, in their everyday lives uh, to reduce the impact of climate change. And so um, the research showed that there was a, a top 10. We're sort of looking at what are the top 10 things that people could take that would have um, benefits like health benefits and that some actions might save you money, but they would also have a, a an impact on helping people to do their part to save the planet. And so we, we came up with the top 10. Uh, and then we, we quickly found that they're very material, but it's also about um, personal values, ability to act. And so um, we can rattle off a top 10 actions, yeah. but uh, really it's um, better if it's a tool like FutureFit, you can um, work out what is materially relevant to you. Yeah, there's a there's a participation element which kind of draws you in to making a bit of a plan and changing people's behaviour, right? Yeah, well, we know that we know a lot of stuff. You know, we've, we're being told climate facts by climate scientists and we're, we can get more and more concerned and we want to take action, but it's really what is going to be some things that can shift us to move, shift us to act. Information alone is not going to do it. That is exactly the conversation that has been happening, particularly among me and my friends, people my age who are sort of in their 30s or late 20s and just overwhelmed with data and going, oh my God, I need to do something, but I don't know how to do anything, so I'm going to do nothing. And yeah. this is such a great way to cut through that noise of it. Yeah, and sometimes the um, more traditional approaches being, you know, we get lists of things we can do, like a really long list of 100 things that we can do to be more sustainable. Um, and that isn't so helpful because we just feel overwhelmed and overloaded. It's it's really complex. There's so much we could do. We don't know where to start. Yeah. So let's get very specific. Um, I'm on the FutureFit website. I've got it on my computer right now. I, f I actually forgot I did this, but I took it months ago. Um, when Waveney and I were first um, talking about it. 
and do, I, I assume you probably haven't taken it in quite some time. Do you remember? Oh, no, I, I use it Great. actively. Yes, I did my first um, footprint Yeah, a few years ago when we first launched. So let's explain to people what that means. So you go to futurefit.nz. First of all, people outside of Auckland can still use this tool, right? Totally, yes. We've used New Zealand emission factors, so they're um, specific to living in New Zealand. So you go in and you plug in uh, an email address and a name? So first of all, you can get your carbon footprint without having to register. Very cool. So we've, we've done it in steps so that um, anyone can go on and um, you do a short five-minute survey. It's like a BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so ask you a few um, questions. Uh, I think there's about 20 questions in order to um, get an understanding of what your climate impact is. So... Um, there's questions in about four different areas um, around transport, around your energy use um, and food choices, um, and then a few extras. And then, this is what I feel like is the sort of secret source of it. There's this other bit. So you've got your your snapshot of where you're at right now, and it actually grades you against an average for the, the rest of the world. Yeah, we've got person? yeah we've got um, a little graph in there around what the world averages, what New Zealand's averages, and then where you sit in there. So you can have a little bit of a comparison. Which can either be very vindicating or, in my case, slightly damning yeah. <laughs> and very <laughs> motivating to make some changes. Yeah, well, sort of traditional calcul- carbon calculators or or footprints um, can just leave you feeling a bit guilty mm. um, because you get this number and then you have a look. Oh, that means I'm really high. So it doesn't make you feel good a lot of the time. Uh, so what we, and, the, and not feeling good, means to no action, yes, usually. Yes. So um, what we tried to do was move this from a, a calculator, which is if you think of you know your scales weighing yourself at home, you can get a number, it can be motivating or demotivating, but it's just a number. Yeah. So what we wanted to do was um, actually create a, a footprint tool that went beyond just giving you the number, maybe you feel a bit guilty about it, and actually trying to move people into action. So how does that tool work? What specifically does it do? What yep. does it give people? So once you register, so yep, pop in your um, your contact details. So you've got an um, email or a phone number to pop in there and, and a few bits of information about you. Um, and then it allows you to save your carbon footprint. So even if that's all you chose to do, and you had a look at that that graph that you get pie chart it's color coded so you can automatically just have a look at it and say well actually transport's my biggest issue or no i need to do something about energy in my home did you just look at my screen um, no because i would have <laughs> Tra- said, my transport i would have said food yeah <laughs> if i looked at your screen yeah i was surprised by that actually this might have been i might have done the questions out i i went fully vegan for six months uh-huh i'm assuming i did not answer the questions during that period yeah. It would, look, really it, would look that, <laughs> it would look that way. Um, yeah, so even that can be enough to, to motivate people because it gives you a bit of a, an insight into, oh, this is the area where I could create change. Um, but then it doesn't say the, it doesn't give you the, well, what next? What should I actually do? So uh, because we've asked a few questions about um, your habits and your daily routine, um, what the program does is it, once you've registered, will give you... Um, actions that you can take so they're they're tailored to the questions you've answered so if you already say you take the bus it's not going to suggest that you take the bus so that's different from other calculators that might just have a list of 100 things you can do at the end should we see what my one says because i've already filled out the questions so i've got my snapshot and i tell you what folks i've got to be totally honest it's not great 
it's not great. I'm above the New Zealand average, which is uh, six tons of CO2 equivalent. Is that how this is measured? Correct, yes. And is that per year? Yes. So the average in New Ze- for a New Zealander is six. I'm at 7.3. For the world, for an individual, the average is 9.8. So I'm sitting in between the New Zealand and world averages. So um, I've got my snapshot here and then... So what you're saying now is you can actually do a second uh, survey, which just asks you a few more in-depth questions, but um, you might need your electricity bill with you or you might need to know how many kilometres you travel per week. Gotcha. So, so it gets more accurate if you want to do that. Oh, but that's you don't awesome. need to do that. Yeah. It just depends how much of a data geek you are. <laughs> but I think the beauty of this tool is it's an indication and then it will give you areas to act. So if you, if you click on actions there. So I've clicked on actions and then gone to the food tab and it's given me some very specific suggestions. So the first one is um, buy only and eat in-season New Zealand grown fruit and veggies. And then it's got the specific amount of impact that that will have on my overall carbon footprint. Correct, yeah. So what we've got is a selection of actions um, that were based on the questions you were asked. Uh, and then it gives for each action the amount of carbon savings that you will have if you choose to take the action. Um, some actions are one-off actions. Mm-hmm. So it might be installing something. You do it once. Others are ongoing behavioural actions that you'll take on a regular basis and so for those uh, we've put an option of whether or not you want to sort of do them once a week or twice a week uh, and then you click uh, on the I want to do this Mm -hmm. and it will add that to your reminder list. So Duncan Garner's just announced recently that he's going to go vegan for an entire year so he could go and do this and see that massive impact that it'll have on his total emissions. if I click over to power, this was an interesting one because this has got some really big numbers um, associated with it, which suggests to me that maybe my house <laughs> that I'm renting is not so good. Um, for example, the biggest one I can see is a, a factor of 232 kg. That's the biggest number I can see for install or upgrade your home installation ceiling floor and walls, which is a one-off activity that would yep. obviously then... And I guess that's why the government's trying to get us to <laughs> all do that at the yes, moment. Yes, and if you're renting, then that could be something you could speak to your landlord about. What we've tried to do is create enough actions that there are some easier things to do, mm-hmm. um, perhaps some more harder, costly things to do that will have more of an impact, and you can see that from the savings listed. Um, so what we didn't want to do is have it have a tool that only some people could afford to do the actions mm-hmm. um, and or if you're renting that you couldn't do anything because around power because it was linked to your home but there's pl- you'll be able to see plenty of actions where you can make some smaller changes this that will cool all thing. add up because you can kind of if you want to go in and see what the low hanging fruit is and just make little tweaks to get some big savings on your on your carbon footprint which, which is really cool yeah and it's always um, a trade off or there might be tension between um you know, smaller actions that can be called sort of tokenism or that they don't they don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got to remember that um, my philosophy is everything counts, right? Every yeah. action counts. Um, it does add up to more carbon savings and that's what you can see when you go back to your dashboard. And over time, if you're using the... Um, using FutureFit and you're clicking weekly on those actions or when you've installed something you wanted to do, and then you can go back and have a look at your carbon footprint and see how much it's reduced over time. Now, this may seem um, 
a little bit silly for people who are in this world and sphere all the time, but we keep using the term carbon footprint. Could we just take a moment to explain what that exactly is, what that thing is? Basically, your carbon footprint is giving you an indication of your impact. And the CO2E equivalent or carbon dioxide equivalent is actually not just about carbon. It's about um, a combination of greenhouse gases, including methane and nitrogen oxide and uh, hydrofluorocarbons. And basically, the measurement is... um, calculated by multiplying those gases, the emissions from those gases, by their 100-year warming potential. And, right. and that's the number that you're getting. 100-year warming. And I guess that's important because I have read that methane, for example, is a lot more, um, it's, a, it's, it's a greenhouse gas that does a lot more warming in the short term, but it sort of tapers off a lot quicker than some of the other dangerous greenhouse gases? Yes, so they've all got different um, lives in the atmosphere and so um, the footprint is essentially binding them together to give you a measurement. But again, it's an indication. It's not a whole environmental footprint of, you know, all the land area that you're using or all of your water use, for example. So there are specific things it is measuring. Um, But really, I wouldn't get too hung up on the measurement there are scientists that have put it together mm-hmm. and it's just about, well, how is that useful to us? Yeah. How, how is that meaningful to us? Um, there are two different main ways of measuring a footprint and this can be a footprint for a country, for an organisation or for an individual. So there's production, mm-hmm. production-based and that's um, all of the emissions that would be generating, say if you say in New Zealand. So that could be from agriculture, could be from transport or energy used. Uh, And then there's a consumption-based emission um, profile or footprint, and that is um, going outside the boundaries. So you're talking about um, the imports and exports that people within the country might be using. So is that sort of recognising that the impact is happening somewhere that isn't New Zealand, but it's kind of being received by a New Zealand consumer? Yeah, so it might be... happening as a result of something I've bought. Correct. Yeah, so that's a really good example of something that you've bought and consumed, but it wasn't made and manufactured in New Zealand, so the emissions don't belong to New Zealand, they belong to another country. But if you look at a consumption-based model, then it will count those emissions. And that's what we've done with FutureFit, because really, if, if you think, say, we'll take Auckland, for example, and we say all the emissions produced in Auckland are X amount, and we chop that up by the number of people, we'll mm-hmm. get a number. And that can some, that can be stated as the footprint of an individual. But really, we don't have any agency over changing that footprint because it's chopped up based on what's produced in Auckland. So we what use, we do have agency over is, is the, the consu- behaviour. Yeah, is the consumption based. Mm, so the consumption right. based is looking at what FutureFit does and asking your questions about well, how do you purchase products and what do you spend. How has the response been to the tool? Um, there's over 3,000 people are using the tool at the moment, and that's that they've registered to take action. There's over 20,000 people that have done their footprint. So um, like we mentioned earlier, sometimes doing the footprint is enough for people, and, and that's where they want to stop, just at the snapshot, and they might go off and take some actions by themselves. It's one tool they can use. They could watch a David Attenborough movie and take action as well. Yeah. Um, and then those that are actively using the tool, um, we're working with some corporates as well um, to use that as a staff engagement tool and reach people that way. That's cool. I'm 
interested to hear in your experience of someone who's lived in this world for for quite a while how did these sorts of tools these newer approaches to getting people actively participating in their role in this on an individual basis and and what actions they specifically can take how does that compare to how we've dealt with the issue of climate change and co2 emissions in the past i think there's quite a lot of um, debate or tension around um, individual action versus systems change and systemic action um, and my view on it is that we need both we, we need all of it at the same time happening as quick as possible um, and so i think we're seeing a lot more demand through say school strike for climate and the way people are voting that they're wanting government um, or local government or central government to take action Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with everyone as a participant in society taking responsibility for what they can now so that doesn't mean that all of the load is on individuals and it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. but we're all part of the I don't know, part of the problem and part of the solution? Totally. Yeah. Well, it, in my experience, my view of this has been, I think everyone underestimates the impact that you taking this on board in a personal way and making some changes yourself has on the people around you. For example, I've got some friends who have been vegan for a very long time, and if I didn't know those people and have those people in my life, and it's not like they were banging on about it ever to me, but just... I knew that they um, had had been eating vegan for, for a long time. And so when I made the decision to give it a go, I knew, A, that it wasn't this completely weird, untested thing that no one had done before. I had several mates who were doing it. And B, there was some people who I could go to to ask the specific questions. And so I think people do underestimate the the amount of power that individuals can have to influence their circle around them and then when you start looking at that over the size of a population of say a city and you've just got like a thousand people who are really engaged with something but they pass that on to a few of their friends and family it can have this massive multiplier effect and I think people don't like that doesn't get captured very well in the conversations we have and in the the data narrative that's out there. Yeah, because it's unseen, people are taking action in their homes, that kind of thing. So um, one thing we've incorporated into FutureFit is uh, a counter of carbon savings, but also, you know, who's participating and what that collective savings is. So it might be really small for a particular action, some actions more than others. uh, But when you add them all up, you can see that collectively everyone is making a difference together. That's so cool. So have you got something that can basically go, these people decided to get the bus more often in that collective action? Yeah, so if equal. you click on the home t- homepage, mm-hmm. um, you'll see there's a couple of things on there. There's a counter which says how much carbon is saved so far, and that's across everybody that's registered and using. So if you just did your footprint, it's not on here, but if you're registered and actively using it and gotcha. you're taking actions... Um, how much is saved this week, Cool. Um, how many people have done their carbon footprint so far, actions taken. Uh, and then there's a little section that is yeah, making some of those actions visible. So you'll see there's um, Jody from Auckland has decided to travel within New Zealand instead of taking an overseas trip. And uh, Jane from Canterbury um, has had a meat-free day. So it's sort of normalising some of those behaviours. It's real people taking real action. 
there's something very powerful about seeing the cumulative action as well it's that thing of like you want to be on a winning team you want to you want to be part of something that's actually making a difference what what was the psychological sort of component of this because this feels very well thought out in terms of being specifically geared towards getting people to change their behavior yeah, well, we've done our research. Um, there are things like social proof, like you just mentioned. So people want to be in a winning team. That's a great way to describe it. You know, if we went out there and said, oh, look, no one's composting, please help us. It's social proof that no one's composting. And that's, yeah. that's actually not the case. Yeah. But because things are hidden or you're doing things inside your home, um, recycling is a great example. Recycling is really normalized across the country because you put your bin out every week so people can see it and they're joining into something um, whereas something like um, installing a low flow shower head that could have some significant carbon savings no one's in your shower checking that you've done that yeah. <laughs> you know and and people aren't really talking about that sort of thing as much as we would like um, things are trending more like um, eating less meat or mm-hmm. uh, moving towards a more plant-based diet um, and trends can tip social norms into becoming something that you know 20 30 years ago wasn't seen to be a popular thing into something that actually more and more people are doing and talking about so it becomes a norm and it um, gives people social license to to try something new finally a good outcome from social media (laughs) normalizing some good behaviors out there yeah we've got some other aspects that we know um can support people to make change that are in the tools. So we've um, got teams in there. So you can, once you've registered, you can um, join a team. So you can challenge a friend to be involved. So I could, I could make my flat a team. You could, yes. And That's then cool. you could challenge another flat if you really wanted to I as would well. like to do that. As quite a competitive person, this very much appeals to me. Yeah. So uh, teams can work in a couple of ways, which, you know, like you said, a bit of healthy competition. Um but it's also, it's not necessarily to set up people to go, my carbon footprint smaller than yours, but actually to go um, an entry point to talk about these kinds of things. So I can challenge a friend and go, hey, look, I just tried this thing. This is my footprint. Feeling a bit bad about it. Do you want to join in with me? And we could choose to take some of the same actions together and support each other, that kind yeah. of thing. And we do know that people, um, once they're committed to taking action, they're more likely to follow through. So... Just um, having the reminders and prompts reminding us to do stuff that we forget. Oh, that's right. I said I was going to have a, a plant-based meal once a week. I haven't actually managed to do that. I've got something that's popping up on my phone reminding me. Oh, okay. I'll make sure I organize that for dinner tomorrow night. So forgetting's a big thing. It's a, quite a character trait that's yeah. <laughs> inherent in, in human. So um, that whole commitment and following through, we've, we've woven in through um, challenges with Um, teammates or uh, we've got a goal setting uh, option in there as well that you can choose whether or not you want to reduce your footprint by a particular amount overall or if you want to do that um, a certain amount of um, carbon reduced off your footprint per week for example and you can do that and then you get a nice badge at the end for completing it ah positive reinforcement we love achievements (laughs) we do gamifying the behavior change critical um is this something that is taking place in other parts of the world like with the models that you're able to to look at of the people who've done this before you guys yeah there's more and more popping up so there's a lot of carbon calculators out there and the carbon footprint model has been around for a long time so even people that um 
aren't so familiar with sustainability or taking action, most people are know what a carbon footprint is or the concept of a footprint being an analogy for your impact. Yeah. Um, so there are a number of different calculators, but what I mentioned before about calculator kind of gives you a number, mm. but doesn't necess- it might inspire you to act and make you feel like you want to act or it might have the opposite effect. Yeah. But um, It kind of doesn't give you that pathway though. I we wanted like- to develop a tool yeah. Yeah, that would actually help reinforce actions um, and also give you that sort of short list um, and we suggest people choose one or two actions or three or four actions not 25 because again that's going to be overwhelming you, you get reminded about them and then actually that's not helpful <laughs> I get the feeling and it was kind of just in, in doing a little bit of research for this episode that local governments seem to be potentially the most powerful organization in terms of the the level of politics to be doing this sort of thing and be getting behaviour change? Because if I, it seems like we've been flooded with information from things like the UN um, and it doesn't generate a whole lot of change. It just freaks people out <laughs> generally. And at the national level, there's, there's often a lot of disagreement and things are very kind of slow to move. But when you get into regional politics and local politics and local councils, you can kind of tailor all of these tools to the population that you're actually dealing with and give real specifics. Has, uh, would you agree with that take or am I sort of missing the impact that the higher levels of, of government are doing? I think I'll sort of go back to what I mentioned before. I think it's all levels of society that need to step up. Um, so I think there is definitely a really active role that central government can play um, in terms of the legislation that we've now enacted, in terms of investment that needs to happen stopping doing some things Um, in a similar way local government can do that as well Um, and I agree that there is um, scope for providing support that enable Aucklanders and the rest of New Zealand uh, to be able to to see what action is needed and then undertake that there's still a lot of barriers that might be in the way I mean you look at um, the role of legislation in the waste space so um, things like a plastic bag ban. Mm-hmm. So there are things that, levers that central government can pull that make a big difference. Um, but quite often legislation will follow yeah. follow public sentiment. And so I don't think we should wait for that. Yeah. I think we should. The MPs are trying to keep their jobs, right? So we kind of need to lead the way and give them the mandate to do stuff. Yeah, that's they right. They don't want to get too far out ahead of the population. Yeah, and, and we can give them that mandate by showing them that we are wanting them to take action because we are taking action. There's something that is important to us. We're going to signal that that's really important by the actions that we take and how we spend our money and how we spend our time. We've obviously in New Zealand and especially in Auckland had um, two lockdowns happen in succession and we're now living in a COVID world essentially. I saw an article in Nature, the peer-reviewed science periodical, that said COVID has caused a global drop in emissions of 8.8%. Now I know that that is a lot to do with the downturn, well it's solely to do with the downturn in the economy. But it feels like there are real lasting changes that are happening at the moment, particularly in the way that people are working, which um, may create a new normal. Is that what you're getting a sense for as well that's happening at the moment? I think what COVID showed us was the possibility for change. Like It wasn't great the way it came about, short, sharp, unexpected, massive change. But what it did show is the power of collective behaviour. 
by staying at home and undertaking a behaviour, like there wasn't barricades at the end of the street stopping you, there wasn't uh, a law that said you couldn't go out, they had to enact that after. So it actually was all of us undertaking the best behaviour we could take at the time in a way that we all worked together. And so that whole demonstration of collective action was was really significant. And really visible. We saw and really the visible. We could see it every day when they came out and did a press conference and they were like, here are the numbers. Yeah, and I think it's, again, been a social proof point for people to be able to work from home. Like, not everyone can work from home, mm. but it has been an enabler, basically, I think, and we don't want to think you know there's not positive things maybe that come out of awful global pandemics but if it could show another way of working um, that still in some sectors um, maintain the productivity but meant that there's not as much traffic congestion and emissions produced from people traveling all over the place for commuting um, then that can be a positive thing. I think I actually read on Auckland Council's website somewhere that um, transport makes up 44% of Auckland's carbon footprint so that i mean that is that's almost half of the entire <laughs> emissions profile is just from transport so if we can reduce the amount of getting around that we're doing all the ways in which we're doing it that seems like a huge win immediately yeah i definitely think transport um is one of the primary ways again if you do your your future fit um, footprint a lot of people get transport coming up as as the main way they can make change and it will be um, up to your individual circumstances the ways in which you can reduce that whether or not you can work from home or whether or not you've got a bus route that takes you to work or whether or not you're in um, can afford an EV so there's a range of different things you can do find a bunch of people in carpool to work that kind of thing so yeah. so there's options um, there's not sort of one way to fix the transport issue. I guess that's the whole takeaway from this tool as well, is that there are so many different ways to solve this problem. And it's it's equipping people with the different solutions based on their lives, on how they can do that. Um, what other features are on there? Is there any other stuff that we need to know about? Yeah, so uh, when you join up, you can join a team or you can challenge a friend, create your own team. The beauty of having the the real-time footprint on there is you can see where you started and then you can track your progress over time. And... Um, I kind of like the analogy of FutureFit as a footprint tool uh, along the lines of a Fitbit. So it's more than a calculator. It doesn't just tell you how much carbon that you're responsible for, but it's a fun way to share with a friend, challenge a friend, um, join a team. It's going to track your progress over time. Um, you know, you get you get to count steps and stairs on a Fitbit. Um, so now you're just counting your race to the bottom to how yeah. to reduce your carbon the most it's a great way to think about it well i love future fit and i've learned a lot is there anything that we haven't mentioned so far as we sort of wind this thing down and let people get onto the website and get registered um yeah well, i think something to remember is i've seen some research around the climate's being um compared to you know your house being on fire for example and the evidence is showing that people don't necessarily respond to the smoke from a fire, but they do respond to people rushing in with buckets of water to put it out. Huh. And so it's that social proof and action. And so I think the more that we can, um, say, know our own footprint, share what we're doing in response to reducing that, then we're creating that social proof that actually this is something that we care about, we're invested in it, and we need to take action. 
That makes perfect sense to me because if there's one thing I know about humans is that they follow what other humans are doing. So this is just banking on that, yeah. on how we operate and as it, social creatures, right? Yeah, and at the moment, um, the statistics are showing that, unfortunately, emissions are rising higher than population growth um, in Auckland specifically, but also across the country. So does that mean per capita our carbon emissions are going up? Basically, over 70% of uh, consumption emissions, so those are the ones that are... Based on our behaviour. Based on our the actions we can influence mm-hmm. um so over 70 percent of those consumption emissions are attributed to households so householders have an influence on those and that was the largest um contributor to new zealand's carbon footprint so i think that shows the potential for people to make change and to clarify when you say ha- households are we talking about things like the food that we're eating and the the ways that we're getting around, you know, from home to work because we own a personal car. It's those sorts of things. Yeah. The, rather than like physically the power going into our house. <laughs> it's the way we travel. It is the energy we consume, the products we buy, diet we have, the food we eat. Gotcha. Danielle, thank you so much for talking me through this. It like... This is obviously an audio product. Please go to futurefit.nz. It's a beautiful tool. They've done a great job on it. I found it very inspiring, um, especially because my uh, snapshot of my footprint right now is not so crash hot. So I'm going to um, go through and do the supplementary questions and figure out a bit of a plan on how I can bring that down. And um, maybe we can keep the listeners updated uh, later on and see how I've done. Yeah, that's great. We're all on our own journey. Some of us have just started whether or not you start using FutureFit at the beginning to help you get started or as a motivator to keep you accountable to the actions you want to take, yeah, I'd recommend going and having a look. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.